Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Challenge podcast. This is episode five, where we'll be talking about a game week three review. And I'm joined yet today by co-host Leighton, all the way from South Korea. Hi, Leighton. How are you? I'm so impressed that you got the game week correct and which video this is correct. You've been you've been practicing, I think. You know, it's been a it's been a rough week because yeah. <laughs> Not only have you reminded me, but other people have reminded me too, and me having to watch this and edit it. So, yeah, I've, I will not lie. I have definitely been practicing just to avoid that in future. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How about you? No complaints. Uh, kind of happy that it's an international break, even though it's only been three weeks. It's a bit of a stop start. Mm. But... Yeah, not a yeah. bad game week. Uh, I think yeah. I forgot to change the overall ranks, but on the stream, I think I, I put the ranks there, but I didn't put the green or red arrow. I think we've both had red arrows Mine's this week. Definitely red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we've both had red arrows this week, but that yeah. green arrow is right there next to our name. So it's a hopefully a potential of our future right there. Okay. In today's show, we're going to be talking about a review of Gaming 3, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to go over the international break and the whole COVID-19 protocols issue again. I've updated it slightly, and we'll talk about some of the news that, as it's breaking. Um, after that, we're going to be looking at some team stats for Game Weeks 1 to 3, and maybe some individual stats as well. And then, of course, we're going to hit into the big discussion of whether to wildcard or not at the moment with all the massive signings that have come into the game. So very big topic. We will not be talking about the plans for the next game week yet because there's a massive gap between now and game week four. So we're going to let the games happen and take it from there. Yeah, I think... There's a name on everybody's lips this transfer window, and that's Connor Roberts, who's gone to Burnley. What a player. Absolute legend of a Swansea player. Right? Legend. Wales's finest defender. I'm not going to lie, I don't know anything about him. <laughs> I just know he's Welsh. <laughs> and that's, that's all you need to know, really. Hopefully he does well at Burnley. Yeah. Fullbacks usually do well at Burnley, so... Hopefully. Yeah, exactly. And then the next player everyone's talking about is Dan James, gone to Leeds United. Wow. For those who don't know why he's mentioning that, why are you mentioning Dan James? Because he's Wales's finest, finest player, except Gareth Bell. No. Yeah, yeah, he's. He's on the rise, right? Yeah, any other transfers you're excited about? Personally, from a Chelsea standpoint, probably uh, a midfield signing, Saul Niguez, or Niguez, I don't know how to say it. And I think we're looking for a centre-back, but I think both of those deals might not go through. So I'm more interested in us keeping players than selling them at the moment yeah 
can you other than that, there's not many fantasy football transfers happening. Yeah, I can hear you absolutely perfectly. Okay, good. We'll get into a few more of the transfers shortly, but let's have a look at your Game Week 3 review. Mm. On screen, we have yeah. you. You got four, no, a lie, 52 points this Game Week, and you made one free transfer, right? And that was Jorginho <laughs> to Ben Rama. You had two free transfers, but you only used one. I decided to roll one over, I thought, just in case. I only really wanted to make one change. I really wanted to stick with Barnes because he had Norwich. He's been such a big disappointment in my team. And so I thought, you know, I'll stick with him. It's Norwich. He might get an assist or something. Obviously, nothing happens. So that was a shame. Then I bring Ben Rama in. He does nothing as well. You know, I'm, I'm a bit late on this bandwagon. I decided not to bring in Antonio, which was a terrible decision. And then I had a really, you know, a mare with my captain see choice because i originally chose calvert lewin and i think maybe an hour a couple hours before i thought you know what? i'm gonna i'm gonna choose fernandez uh they're playing walls they must be raring to go you know they have a, a new signing coming to manchester united soon so I, I went with fernandez and unfortunately hindsight is a beautiful thing and he only got four points with my captaincy Overall, though, At you... one point, I checked the, the scores, and he had a yellow card, so he was on zero points. And I thought, wow, great. <laughs> Typical result from your captain when you veer off the popular choice, right? Yeah, but, you know, otherwise, I got, I got really high points. 52 points was such a bad captain, like Grealish, Salah. My defense came through. Calvert-Lewin got himself a penalty. So otherwise, I was pretty happy with the team performance. It's just it's the same old story for Leighton. Captain doesn't come through. Yeah, you had five five returns there. You had, I mean, Salah, Grealish, calvert and Tony, and Shaw. And some yeah, points sure. from Trent as well. But yeah. uh, and Tony finally scored. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Tony finally scored. So if you had used your second yeah. free transfer... Would have been to facilitate Antonio to Tony. Oh, yeah. to Tony to yeah. Antonio. But you chose not to yeah. this week. I chose not to just because I would have probably had to have taken a hit to fit Antonio and Ben Rama in my team. So I decided there's no point. Yeah. Okay. And there wasn't, right? So. You must have, or you must have had a bit of uh, not regret after seeing the Man City mm. result, but you had Grealish. You must have had high hopes heading into that game, and you only got an assist, despite the 5 0 yeah. win. Yeah, it's a frustrating one when you see Man City have won 5 0 on a 100 million sign and hasn't even scored a goal. It's a shame. It's, uh, yeah, Grealish hasn't really hit the heights yet. He's. I'd hope. He's doing okay. He's got a goal and an assist so far, but it's not amazing at this stage. Kind of, I would I mean almost. A goal and assist in the first three games. Yeah, it's not terrible. I mean, if you compare his price, he's eight million, right? And you then compare him to someone mm -hmm. like Dan, Danny Ings, who's a forward, but he is eight million. Yeah. And in his three games, yeah. he's gotten two goals and one assist. So it's it's not mm. way off. If you look at it that way. Not way off. But 
yeah, I think I'm assuming this week, even before the uh, next game week, you've probably gotten rid of Barnes already, right? I got rid of Barnes the second. I literally mean the second that game was over because I knew his price was going to plummet because I think many people like me thought, going to keep Barnes for Norwich. So he was out of my team. So I thought, I've lost so much value. First, not having West Ham players. And second, you know, keeping on to this guy. And so, yeah, I got rid of him. I brought in someone similar price, a certain Manchester City player. He might be just a placeholder because I could wildcard. But, yeah, I've brought in a Man City player for seven million. Can you guess who? Is it... It's not Gundogan because he's he was 7.4. No. So it must be the man no. of the moment. Torres, right? Ferran Torres. The man of the man of the moment. Bring him in. I don't blame you for doing that. And it's going to be a very popular move going forward, I think, to afford the big hitters. Especially if City so. don't sign a striker. Then they're probably going to play Torres. That means you're going to have a 7 million striker in your midfield. So it makes sense. Exactly. So I thought... I'm not going to lose out because more, I think many people will transfer him in. So I got him in early. So his price could rise as well. So, and it definitely you, you will, know. I think at least. Yeah. And then uh, even if you don't want card, you could end up getting rid of Grealish if need be. Cause I think of it, if yeah. you had to choose between those two players, I think you would keep Torres over Grealish. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, let's have a look at my team. I finished yeah. on, 50, 57 points. What did you have anything more to say about your team? No, no, I didn't. I just don't want to look at your team. It's always go for my team and then go to yours. Well, I got five more points than you. Great, great. <laughs> just pure luck, though. Okay, I got 57, right? And I guess, in a way, you say that it was five points more. But if you think about it, if you look at the moves that I made, it could have been so yeah. much worse for you, in a sense, because I got rid of Gunduan and Tony this week, and I got Ben Rama yeah. and Dennis. Gunduan, obviously, the, the day that I take him out of my team, he scores the first goal against Arsenal, and not only just the goal, but a header, which makes no sense. But he's like this big, isn't he? He's yeah, he's minute. But on top of that, the uh, it's, that's that's big coming from me, calling him minute. But yeah, Tony doing the same thing and again I, he was a last minute decision I got rid of him more because of my plans for the future so he was going mm. down Dennis was going up and I wanted a third striker who was cheap but who was still playing so he was the cheapest one option at like 5 million so I went with him and I've got like 2 or 3 million in the bank but Tony scored so overall, I think, thankfully, Tony got booked as well. So he didn't get any bonus points. So I think overall, mm. Gunduan got six or seven points. And then Tony got six or seven points. So overall, I'd lost maybe, yeah, about eight points. But I think going forward, I, I like the look of my team overall. So... Yeah, I think I think it's really good. Do you think you were forced into that change with Ben Rama as well because of his price increase? Um, I wouldn't say forced for that reason. I would say more the case of after game week two, Gunduan was always going to be out of my team. After Norwich, yeah. I knew I, whether Arsenal were playing 
badly or not, he was going. So I, I'm not even upset about losing those points on him. As a as for a replacement, unfortunately at that stage Greenwood had gone up already, and Gundogan had dropped, so I couldn't afford him. And the next mm. best player in form and fixtures was Ben Rama. And once again, thinking ahead to trying to afford a big hitter, whether it be Lukaku or Kane or now a Mr. Ronaldo, it just made sense to get someone cheaper in form and then have that money for the future game weeks. Yeah. So yeah, I captained, thankfully, I captained Antonio because he really saved my game week and got a goal and assist and some bonuses. 22 points from him. Salah with a lovely penalty, which helped me as well, although being a supporter of Chelsea, that wasn't a great situation, but yeah, we'll take what you can get. A clean sheet from Shaw, and that's considering the fact that I was considering selling him as well. But long-term now, last week we discussed potentially selling him for James, right? And then James gets sent off, so... Yay. <laughs> I, I definitely wasn't going to replace him with a Chelsea player. James was a good consideration at the time, but when I saw James was sent off, I remember thinking, dodge the bullet there. We mentioned that we were potentially going to be getting a Spurs defender. I think we were, we were both pretty keen on that. I think. Yeah, I think so. I can't remember what we said. There's so many potential options, downgrading Shaw, just a Tottenham player or... Yeah, for an Everton two. defender. Everton have such good fixtures. Yeah. For the, these two game weeks, I think it made sense to go for Spurs or Everton. But yeah, yeah. It, not the worst overall. Everyone, I think the average was about 60. So it wasn't 58. But yeah, regardless, we were slightly lower, which is yeah. bad. And I think heading into... I think your, your captain saved your team and my captain choice kind of made it so I didn't do quite as bad. But it's not terrible. I'm not too disappointed. Yeah, it's not a bad thing if you your decision ends up not working out. I think if you have a sound reasoning for your decision and there's a, like a, a legitimate basis for why you made the decision, then it doesn't matter what the outcome is as long as it, you made a relatively convincing decision initially to you. But... I, I'm not too sure why you ended up switching your captaincy to Bruno at the end. Maybe it was a fear of Man United. I don't know. Because you were very high on DCL until deadline. Yeah, I was. I don't know. I, playing this fantasy game sometimes just before the deadline, you, you start questioning yourself too much. I should have just left it on DCL and said, I trust him. Ah, that was it. He might not have been playing. Because it was toe injury. You're right, yeah. But that's why I changed it. Because I, I was reading, he got a toe injury, he might not play, and I thought he might not play the entire game if he does play. And I looked at my team and I thought, I don't have the stones to Captain Grealish. Salah's playing Chelsea. So I remember the next best choice was Fernandez. That's why. I understand. Who's your vice-captain? Calvert Lewin, obviously. Yeah, okay. Mine yeah. was Ings, so... I should have swapped it. Yeah. Moving on to the good, the bad, and the ugly. This week, it's slightly shorter because I think it's 
kind of obvious for the lot the large extent me man city dominating performance or what well, arsenal does terrible once again what do you think it doesn't help when you have a player sent off they were two nil down before it happened and they were playing I know. like poo do you, do you think shaka just thought i don't want to be in this game anymore this is embarrassing i'm going i'm going off to switzerland I can't do this anymore. It may have been. I think he's club captain as well. I imagine. He, he's one of those players who's amazing for Switzerland, and now he's got the record amount of red cards in the Premier League, some five. So, yeah, I think Man City... The problem is, yeah, Man City were great, but yeah, Arsenal were terrible, and the sending off doesn't help. So, it's hard to say, isn't it? Considering the fact that Man City don't have a striker... They still beat them 5-0. Can you imagine if they had a striker? I know, but Arsenal... Not Arsenal, sorry. Man City's team is worth so much. Like They could field two teams and beat most of the Premier League. Oh, sure. They have so much strength and depth in other areas with goal scorers everywhere. So, Were you shocked when Man City won 5-0? Because I wasn't. After the red card, no. But... No. Prior to that, when they took a 2-0 lead, I was like, okay, fair enough. This could maybe end 3-0 or 3-1. But I wasn't expecting a cricket score, essentially. Second best yeah. team for me, in my opinion, once again, maybe a little bit biased, was Chelsea. And speaking of red cards, once again, a red card right before halftime. A little bit contentious, but the exact opposite of Arsenal... We get a red card, and that entire second half, we defend like champions and don't concede. Whereas Man City, uh, Arsenal get a red card and concede. They just bend over, basically. You know, I find it funny. Whenever you talk about Chelsea, you say, oh, well, I might be a little bit biased. But to be fair, you're correct. Because when I saw Chelsea at a red card, I didn't think they were going to capitulate. Like Arsenal, I think it doesn't help Arsenal were 2-0 behind. You know, you're 2-0 down, you have a player sent off. Psych if you're playing sport, psychologically, that's damaging. You're 2-0 down, Man City coming at you, what are you going to do? But Chelsea, on the other hand, I think they're a very mentally strong team. They trust the coach and they trust the process. And so they defended as a unit, as a team. And they were very impressive. So I agree. I think Chelsea, I would say Chelsea were more impressive than Man City just because to get a 1-1 at Anfield against Liverpool that's pretty cool that's pretty good you must feel good as a Chelsea fan no? yes I it's going to sound weird but I've said it many times since Tuchel became our manager but last season it was more a case of not being afraid of conceding at all but we didn't have a striker last season, so it was more a case of me worrying that we were going to draw nil-nil. But I was never worried about conceding. Now, this season, I think, okay, well, we can win the game, and I'm still not worried about conceding. So when we went to man down, I had no doubt in my mind that we could still win this game, or at least draw. I didn't think we would lose, which is good. And surprising, considering the fact that this team is largely the same, besides maybe a couple of signings, 
that Lampard had. And within like less than a month, Tuchel's system changed and his focus just turned us into a good defensive team. And I'd actually argue that the two best player managers in the league were going head-to-head. Both Klopp and Tuchel, I think, are incredible. Very good, yeah. I mean, Liverpool were playing, they started, I forgot his name, uh, Phillips, the midfielder, he's like 18 years old, was his second start in a massive game. And yeah, he played pretty well as well. So it's. I think it's, uh, when it comes to man management, giving players the... The opportunity to flourish in big games is important and we're seeing that with Klopp has done that since day one with Liverpool and Chelsea are doing very similar I mean you say that but I think as well going back to Frank Lampard Frank Lampard put a lot of youngsters out when Chelsea were coming off the transfer ban right yeah so I think Frank Lampard gave them a lot of minutes and then Tuchel's come in and he's just strengthened them up and with a few little tweaks and with a player like Lukaku to come in, it's a, that's a strong-looking team. At the end of the day, I think it's just experience in management. Just, it took a little bit of nous to turn yeah, that so. team into a good team. Yeah. Frank Speaking... Lampard. Yeah. Sorry. But yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Speaking of good teams, defensive teams, uh, Spurs... 1-0, once again, it's becoming predictable. Third game in a row. Did you watch this game? Nope. I didn't. <laughs> Sorry, Spurs. Uh, but I watched the highlights, and, you know, another 1-0 victory for Spurs. And Spurs have this knack of starting seasons off really strong up until Christmas, and then January, February, they just something goes wrong. I, I don't know if it's their squad is so thin on the ground, but nine points from the first three games, including Man City, I think that's pretty impressive, right? And Kane is not firing. He's it's something wrong with Kane still. Yes, I mean he essentially wants to leave, but I think it'll take him a while. Maybe after the international break, he'll get back into the swing of things. But yeah, I mean you... not even that in the Euros, he didn't look great that's true yeah he was more of a leader i would say which is good i so, think they shouldn't be over relying on him it's good if the team can like yeah make weight help out but do you yeah. think that you were considering being bringing son in last weekend and you didn't yeah. do you regret that no huh. no okay yes <laughs> yes i do I do regret it because I was going to bring in Son and I didn't. And obviously he goes and scores. I think Son Heung-min is going to be one of the top scorers in this game. Uh, I wish I had had him in from the start, to be honest. He's, he's one of my favorite players in the league. It's very annoying. Like, I, I totally agree with you, but it's a case of juggling different assets, right? So if, if you got Son in the beginning, then you wouldn't have been able to afford probably Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, So for sure. You'd, you'd be losing somewhere else. And for me, I just couldn't get that. And even if I co- I'd considered it slightly going into game week three, but as soon as I think Son was 
a slight doubt heading into last week, so I was not going to chance it. And that was ultimately the reason why I didn't get him. I didn't know that Kane was going to play, and that scares me quite a lot now because many people have brought Kane in. So, yeah. are you interested in the Kane and Son double up like last season? Uh, I think now, because of certain transfers, Lukaku and Ronaldo, you already mentioned him. I think it's very hard to be able to get Kane in the team. It's very hard to get more than two premium players, maybe three. So if I want Salah, I want Ronaldo. Fitting in a Son Heung-min as well is very hard. I don't see Kane in my plans right now. But it depends on the fixtures. Like if the fixtures turn and Tottenham have amazing fixtures and I think Chelsea don't have fixtures and I have Lukaku, I could just say, well, Lukaku to Kane if the money's in the bank. But Son Heung-min is definitely one I'll be keeping my eye on. I think he's he's going to be the top scorers. For Spurs, for sure. No, for, for the whole league. Really? Convinced. Well, no, I mean, top point scorer in the fantasy football. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you think he's going to outscore yeah. Lukaku, Kane, Bruno, Salah, uh, Ronaldo? I mean, he has one more game than Lukaku. Uh, I think he'll outscore Ronaldo just because he had three extra games, but you never know. We'll have to see. And that's that's the big question, right? We, which big hitters do we focus on? Exactly. Yeah. Man United. I hate to put them there, but you know, they were resilient once again and setting that away record, they somehow always find a way not to lose when they're playing away from home. Did you watch this game? Turkey time. Uh, no, I, I I caught a couple of minutes and it was really late or early in the morning here and I just I turned on off. I was like, this is boring. It was quite a boring game until like the last few minutes when whenever Queen was or something. yeah but i turned it on and then out of frustration i turned it off because i thought you know what fernandez is not going to score he's my captain i hate this game oh yeah he was your captain that's even worse i i remember you said yeah that's when you told me zero points and <laughs> before that before the game i said the only person i'm afraid of in this game is greenwood and of course he had to score it's so frustrating Fair play to whoever got him. Yeah. Yeah, my co-worker who also plays the game, he's had Greenwood in since the first day of the season. He's absolutely running away. It's, it's annoying. We'll have to see what he ends up doing or what everyone else is doing going forward. I think many people might end up trying to wildcard or change too much from a position of power. It happens yeah. quite often, so we'll have to see. If you were to I think a lot of people will change. Yeah. Right now, if I asked you to choose between Ronaldo or Bruno, or both, in big hitters, who would you go for? Yeah. Ronaldo. Reason? Because he's Ronaldo? Well, Ronaldo's a proven goal scorer for, what, 14 plus years? How long ago was he at Manchester United? 10 years ago? 12 years ago? I want to say 11. Around then, more I mean, less. he's slowing down. He's got 29 goals in the Italian league last year. He's just going to be a box player. He's going to score. He's, 
if he's on penalties, we don't know who's on penalties as well. And oh, just choose Ronaldo. I think Ronaldo, he's only 0.5 more. He's a striker. Yeah, I see. Ronaldo. I can imagine Ronaldo comes in against Newcastle and bags three goals. And he'll think, wow, this Premier League is easy. Newcastle. Saint who? Saint Ronaldo, that's who. That's what he'll be saying at Saint James. Saint Ronaldo's. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to leave it late. I'm not going to bring him in yet. If I get assurances that he might start, then maybe. But if there's any doubt but, that he won't play, then I'm not mm, going to get him. Mm. I'll, I'll captain Bruno. Here's my, here's my other worry. I think the person who will be most cap or most transferred out to afford Ronaldo is Bruno. So I wouldn't be shocked to see his price drop. And then Ronaldo comes in, bags himself three goals, and everyone jumps on the Ronaldo train. His price will somehow go up. Sure, that makes sense. Um, but okay, I don't know his price at the moment. Let me look. Fernandez is currently 12.1. So he can yeah. drop once. Yeah. But, and you wouldn't feed anything, which is fine. Uh, so for that reason, I don't mind waiting. But if mm. he, if I see that he might fall a second time, that might, you know, force my hand a bit. But we'll have to see. I'm very tempted by a wild card. Very early wild card. Get Ronaldo in. Hello, Newcastle. Three goals. Who were the bad in this game week? Uh, Leeds. Oh. Wolves. Who else? And Brighton. Or Brighton. I, I mean, I put Brighton there. It's a bit, it's a bit harsh, I think, on both, on all three of these teams. It was, to me, I wouldn't say that they were all bad, but if I were to pick a bad team this week, it would have been them, because Brighton, yeah. as you've mentioned, they're always good defensively over the last season, and yet they constantly concede. It must suck to be a supporter of Brighton because there's so much hope in that team, and then you get to like the seventieth minute and. It just gets ruined. You say that it must suck to be a Brighton supporter, but what you don't consider is that 10 years ago, they were playing in like League Two. When I was young, they were in a conference league. The, the way Brighton has grown, they got to the championship, they had a few seasons in the championship, and then they come to the Premier League. Brighton are doing amazingly. I think their fans are still on cloud nine. Oh, they're in the Premier overall, League. Overall, yes. But like you... I mean... They can see that they're getting better, right? So they they, they know yeah, that they're this... this close to just taking that small step into like, I would say, mid-table security. Yet the seagulls are flying high already, Jalen. <laughs> Fine. Do you regret? <laughs> do you regret I having rain a... on his parade? Do you regret having a double up of both Sanchez and Duffy? Your team? I have a double up of Sanchez and Duffy. Yeah, you've got Duffy in defense and you've got Sanchez, the goalkeeper. Which means that if oh. you play. Yeah, you're right, right. No, I don't mind. Sanchez is 4.5. He's in goal. I don't really care. He's in there and I've forgotten. And Duffy, he's on the bench. Who cares? I mean, I, I can understand that. I think I'm not going to change my goalkeeper until I eventually wildcard and. Until then, I'm happy to keep them because sometimes they do keep clean sheets. They don't get many save points, but yeah. occasionally they get a 
clean sheet. I think not many people are wasting their budget on goalkeepers this year. It's it's go big or go home. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And the opposite of I know. the three three consecutive wins, one nil for Spurs, we have Wolves with their third consecutive nil one loss. Yet they've been playing really well. You were talking about this last week, saying about the stats and walls. It's just inevitable. They're going to score. They're playing great. They are. But it doesn't look like it. I mean, yes, on paper. Stats but are just stats. Did, no, yeah. no, do you watch them? You, like, even the game against United, they played really well. Yeah, they, you know what? I think walls will turn it around and they're going to have a good run. I think they've had some tricky opening games as well. They did. And their fixtures get really good now. I'll, I'll show you the fixture swing just now. Let me get to fixtures. Yeah. Coming off the back of Tottenham Hotspur and Manchester United, only 1-0 defeats. Uh, it's not too bad. I think if you were to compare Wolves with the next team, Leeds, Leeds had a slightly yeah. better start, but they didn't get the win again. They must have expected a win against Burnley, but didn't get it. Are you tempted by any Leeds players or Wolves players? Uh, I'm tempted by a Wolf, a Wolves player going forward because he's the he looks like a rugby player. Tra Traor, how do you say his name? Traore. 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 He, God, he should be playing rugby, man. He's a massive guy. He's he's like a unit. Uh, with Leeds, I think Leeds fixture swing is absolutely incredible as well. Uh, but the thing is, if I wildcard, I can't see myself fitting in Bamford. His price is more than Antonio. Yeah. And even with that fixture swing, I don't, I don't see it. And very similar to Calvert-Lewin's price and not, uh, maybe, maybe a Leeds player in the midfield. Dan James has just moved there. Rafinha, maybe. I'm not sure. I think for me, I, I own Rafinha, as you know. And oh, unfortunately, with the international break, that. yeah, the international break coming, it's we'll have to see if he's affected by it. I don't think he is. But I'm happy to keep him. As for Bamford, I might. He's in my thoughts, put it that way. And we'll discuss transfers and stuff next week or closer to game week four but i think both wolves and leeds are both in my thoughts going forward i've got some plans in mind so we'll i'll mention them in the next couple of weeks he's Fra a he's a good punt isn't he with those fixtures coming up it's just green 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 so who traore uh traore and bamford true yeah they're, they're both good yeah. Uh, what I wanted to mention about Traore is that he, I saw links even this morning of him potentially being uh, looking for a move to Spurs. So. Yeah, I saw that too. That would be, if he goes to Spurs, he'll be in my team soon. I wouldn't care. I would not, I would not pick him. Really? Spurs. Yeah. Why? He's got Son Heung-min and Harry Kane with him. Because oh. he won't play immediately. I don't see him playing. He's not a good. He's not a great finisher. He'll be like second or third yeah. fiddle in that team, as opposed to Wolves, where he's one of the top two. Leighton, who do you think the the ugly of this game week is? I'm not going to say a single word. I'm just going to show them. And then... uh, 
I I would be shocked if the Chelsea fan picked Arsenal as the ugly team. I think everybody's picking Arsenal. Arsenal fans are picking Arsenal. Where's Where's Norwich? Are we, are we talking about Norwich? No, because they, they the ugly. No, they scored a goal last week, and they it was actually competitive. It was competitive against the Leicester, yeah. Leicester's game, but Arsenal were just bad. Are you, are you surprised that Arteta is still in a job for Arsenal? Yes and no. Yes, because I'm a Chelsea supporter who it doesn't take much for our manager to sack our manager, oh, for our owner to sack our managers. So I'm used to that yeah. kind of uh, ruthlessness. Ruthlessness. Yeah. However, Arsenal are run by businessmen and they don't really focus on the results that much. So they're willing to just let him do his thing as long as they get the results like at the end of the season. But... I mean, do we have to talk about Arsenal's bad luck to the start of the season? They bring in Ben White, he gets corona. Aubameyang, Lacazette had corona. I've heard rumours that Lacazette might be going as well, possibly. Do Arsenal have excuses for why they're being so bad? I'm sure there are reasons, and I'm not I'm not overall bashing the club, but I feel yeah. like they, they, they should be able to have for, not foreseen this, but have planned better. Like they could have made more signings for their squad. And it's gotten to the stage where it's deadline day now. Uh, at least the one good thing that's happened is Willian uh, agreed to just cancel his contract. So that saved them like 20 million pounds over two years. But besides that, they've, they're trying to sign one random player, a defender from Italy, I think. And Despite that, that's one signing, and they're letting Hector Bellerin, one of their best wingbacks, not that he's been consistent over the last couple of years, but he's one of their better players going forward, and they're letting him go on loan to Spain. And on top of that, they're not letting one of their young players go to Everton on loan for game time because they say they want to use him, and then after saying that, they've told him to go practice alone by himself. So the logic is lacking. It's a shame. It's a shame in a way because Arsenal have really fallen and they're just so far behind the rest of the teams. And when you look at these other teams, Chelsea get Lukaku, Manchester United get Ronaldo. Liverpool haven't really got anyone, but they've kept the nucleus of their team, had really good players come back from injury. Tottenham keep Kane, which is a victory, I think, for Tottenham. And Arsenal spend two hundred million on on a backup goalkeeper and Ben White. I, I find it very bizarre. Yeah, whatever it was, like one fifty million or one twenty. We'll have to see. I thought it was two hundred. I thought it was two hundred plus. I know they spent the most, but on the field they're just an absolute mess. Last year, defensively so solid. This year. Awful. Abysmal. We can only hope that they're going to get better, right? They're playing Norwich next. So, fingers crossed. I mean, Norwich are going to be the whipping boys of the Premier League. But even they will look at Arsenal and say, this is a game we can finally win. Absolutely. But I, I still think Arsenal will smack them up. At least Arsenal, looking at the 
protocols and the international break and the players affected by it, Arsenal aren't really affected that much in that sense. They have Pepe and Partey, but nobody's really yeah. considering them for their fantasy teams. But no. looking at the news, I think there's, in terms of updates, I think some of the teams, I think FIFA decided that the Premier League can't just unilaterally decide not to send their players to represent their countries. So they are expecting them to play for their countries, but I think the players or the clubs are asking the players not to play against those countries who are on the red list. From my understanding is the players have agreed not to go to the red listed countries. But yeah. I don't understand how that works because FIFA did say the clubs cannot do that and the players can't do it. Like if the country wants a player to play, the country has the right to call them up. So I'm not sure how it's going to work. There's going to be some power struggle going on between the Premier League and FIFA again. Yeah, I think to an extent. I think it's more a case of uh, the clubs have to let them go. But once yeah. they're once they're in the squad, the play it's more of like a kind of a like a handshake agreement kind of thing where it's like okay, I'll let him go play with you guys, but please don't play him ninety minutes in every game or else he's gonna get injured, kind of thing, for example. Yeah. Whereas like the, the national team coach can either take heed of that or you can ignore it completely so i think in the case of like some players like antonio got called up by jamaica and he's gonna play i think the first game against panama i think but he's not gonna play the, the following two games against cuba and someone else because they're on the red list so in that sense That's what I read as well. yeah so he's safe in our teams uh, i think the argentinian players have joined up with the squad, but I'm not sure what they've decided. So Martinez and Buendia are in a lot of teams. So we'll have to see what end up, ends up happening there. Brazil have chosen, I think they chose a squad that excluded the Premier League players, but I think that wasn't a final okay. squad. Yeah, they did. They had a separate squad excluding the Premier League players, but they also had like a, a provisional list of the players of which they might add to the squad. At least that's what I saw. Because there's a lot of Brazilian players in the Premier League. You'd think Brazil would be saying, hey, we need these players. But it's Brazil at the end of the day, too. Like They, they can probably win most of their games with other oh, yeah. second-rate players, right? But when it, so. when it comes to all of this, again, initially, if you're playing your wild card, by all means, you can probably sell these players. But if you're using your transfers, I would say wait as long as possible yeah. to, to first see what the international coaches do and before you make your final decisions. Sound advice, Challen. It is. And then next next up, we're Must looking be at... a pro. I wish. Next up, looking at team stats over the last three game weeks, just for you to take note. doesn't really mean anything, but it's more just an indication, right, of current form probably. Uh, in terms of the team stats, this is looking sorted by attempts. The top three sides, Liverpool, Man City, and the team that hasn't scored yet, Wolves. Can you hear me? Your favorite. Yeah, I can. Okay, good. Yeah, 
my favourite Wolves. Yeah, they've got potential. And then West Ham, Everton, Man United and Chelsea with Brighton up there as well. So I think if you look at those teams, they make up the majority of our FPL teams, right? Liverpool, Man City, yeah. West Ham, Everton, United and Chelsea and Brighton. That's where the template has been. Pretty much. Template that's, spot on, isn't it? that's probably why the template has done so well. It's because we've somehow managed to nail the majority of the teams that have been attacking and doing well. Yeah, I went away from the template and Leicester a second to bottom of the attempts. Yes, attempts. Wonderful. The worst ones are what Crystal Palace, Leicester, Villa, Arsenal and Norwich, right? Villa, the surprise. Villa and Leicester, the surprises there. But I'm sure they'll get better with time. Yeah, not surprised. Arsenal are near the bottom. Yeah, like they're not, at least with Wolves, compare Wolves and Arsenal. Both of them haven't scored yet. Wolves mm. are creating chances, getting shots on goal, whereas Arsenal have literally had half the attempts of Wolves. Did you see, did you watch the Arsenal game? Yes. Did you see, the, I think it was Smith Rowe, he missed the empty net. He basically tackled the keeper and just smacked it while I was shocked. Like, how can you be paid so much money and miss from there? Come on. That's a bit unlucky, though. Although, but yes, I, I, but to an extent, I agree. Come on. Yeah. I'm like, you might, you, you, he's ready, he's there, he's in a good position, he's doing the correct thing. Put pressure on the goalkeeper because that goalkeeper always plays in his feet. Yeah, you're doing the right thing. And then what do you do? Cross it. Speaking of converted or not unconverted goals, the next stat yeah. is team stats for con best for converted chances. So top yeah. of that list is West Ham, expected. Sec second, Aston Villa which is kind of surprising considering looking at the previous one where they were third last for attempts oh, created and then but their conversion stats have been very good which is very typical of they Danny don't Ings. waste yeah yeah take a chance and bury it exactly and the same with Leicester I think it's more difficult for teams like Aston Villa as well because they're not in that they're not in the box as often as the other teams right now so if you're in the box, oh, take your chance. Yeah, I think Aston Villa and Leicester play a counter-attacking style. So it makes sense that they won't have as many shots on target or shots on goal. Yeah. But you need to be clinical when you do get those chances. And they often are with Leicester, with Vardy and Villa, with Ings and Watkins coming back. And to an extent, Man United as well. I mean, so far this season, Greenwood... Generally, whenever he gets a chance, he tends to put it away. Yeah, I think Greenwood's been amazing. And it could be unfortunate for him that Ronaldo's been signed because they're never going to put Ronaldo on a bench watching Greenwood. Greenwood could lose his position or play deeper. Yeah, well, I'm not sure what they're going to do with their formation. I think it will just be up front and then they'll play Greenwood on the right, Sancho on the left, Bruno number 10, and then probably Rashford and Martial will be the 
reserve wingers switching with Greenwood and Rand Sancho. At least that's what I think. And then Cavani will be the second striker. Yeah. So there is space, but yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. The next graphic is more just showing the chances of the last three game weeks. It's a very nice graphic from Ted Talks FPL. He makes them and tweets them out. So all credit to him. Uh, it shows the small chances created, small chances, big chances created, and big chances. And it's very nicely summed up. And you'll see in terms of the small chances created and big chances, Trent Alexander-Arnold is top for both, which shows, once again, he's a guaranteed must-have in our teams. Agreed? Yeah. Machine. Yeah, absolutely. Other players like Jimenez, Salah, Calvert-Lewin, Jesus, it's all like the usual suspects, all creating chances and taking chances as well. So once again, this just cements the fact that the template has done really well so far this season. There's no real surprise on this list. Yeah. I think one of the players to watch when you're talking about Wolves fixtures changing is uh, Hima, how do you pronounce his name? Jimenez? Jimenez? Yeah, Jimenez. Jimenez. Uh, he's Spanish? Mexican. But yes, basically. Close. Spanish name. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, he's, he's right up there. He's creating these chances. And Wolves fixtures, he's going to be a, a good one to watch, eh? Yeah, big chances. Looking at the green table, big chances. Antonio, Calvert-Lewin, Callum Wilson is always there somehow. And then Ferran Torres and Diego Jota, those two men of the moment as well. Yeah, Jota's one I wish I had in my team going forward as well, especially since Liverpool have announced a certain injury. He's going to get a lot of more playing time, I think. I heard rumours about that, but I haven't seen confirmed. Is he is he injured? Firmino? Yeah, he's injured. Yeah, Firmino is injured, I think, maybe up to two months. Sustained quite an injury. That's something to... That's quite important. Wow, okay worth considering going forward for sure yeah definitely fixtures looking at game week four to eight this time a lot of people are wild carding now these fixtures are uh sorted in terms of just overall initially top of the fixture ticker wolves arsenal norwich brighton and watford wow yeah Temp wow tempted by arsenal no. That's a bit of a joke, but yeah. I, I'm not tempted by them. I, but... I, I do think Arsenal will beat Norwich. They'll probably get a draw against Burnley. Uh, they'll lose against Tottenham. Just not excited about anything. Arsenal have the best fixtures. They might get three points here and there, but I don't know. They're like the Everton of 12 years ago. Just a mid-club table that said, we're a big team. We have so much history. Okay. That's nice. Definitely. Uh, although this is a good chance for them to turn around, and I hope they do. No, you don't. You're a Chelsea fan. Looking at the worst fixtures, though, I mean, Aston Villa, they're really terrible fixtures the next four games. Chelsea, Everton, Man United, Tottenham. So for 
villa owners like me, Danny Ings, surely has to be out. Has to be. Has to be. Has to and be. if you have money in your bank, aren't you going to go to DCL? Unless you're going to wild card and go get Lukaku. But Ings yeah. against Chelsea, Man United, Tottenham? No. That's not joking. DCL is obviously the favorite there, but it depends oh. on his, his thigh, his thigh injury that result, resulted in him being withdrawn his, from the England squad. His little toe hurts as well too, eh? Oh, and that, yeah. And probably his yeah. ego having fought with Richarlison for a penalty over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. I was happy because I was like, oh my God, if Richard, if he takes this penalty, I'm going to cry. I Nothing go my way. Antonio's two goals and assist. Please, please. I really was hoping that he would take it from him. But he didn't, sadly. And I am so <laughs> relieved. The fixtures sorted by the attacking stats, or attacking, yeah, stats, very similar. Wolves, Arsenal, Brighton, Norwich, Leeds, Liverpool, and Watford. So out of those seven teams how many do you have a good chunk of them or are you looking to bring any of them in besides arsenal don't have any wolves don't have any arsenal or some brighton norwich leeds uh leeds after the liverpool game is definitely going to be a consideration maybe a midfield player uh wolves again wolves are some some tempting players there if they can start converting their chances then definitely leeds uh obviously liverpool i want to bring in Yota as well. Fair enough. For me, yeah, I'm considering okay. <laughs> I'm considering Jimenez potentially. He's one of those strikers along with DCL and Lukaku and Bamford and Ronaldo and Kane. Like there's a whole bunch, right, that we're all considering. But Arsenal, I don't care about. Brighton, attacking wise, I'm not gonna buy any of their players. Same with Norwich. Leeds I already have Rafinha mentioned Bamford, maybe. Liverpool, I've got Salah and Trent. Will I get Chota? Maybe. I won't rule it out. It's one of those moves. I might, if I end up going for Ronaldo up front, then instead of going with Torres, like a lot of people will, I might go with Jota instead, just to be a slightly different. And... Or that maybe, but I have Rafinha, so I don't have a spot for everyone. And Watford. I have the Watford striker, Dennis, at 5 yeah. million. Even though he's not going to play much, but if I need someone to come off the bench, I've got a guy who's got good fixtures these next four games. So potential, if need be, maybe a return. It's quite interesting because at the beginning of the season, I remember thinking, oh, I just... I want to stack my midfield and maybe have two strikers. I just didn't see those opening games many places for forwards. And certainly of Ronaldo, Lukaku, Kane. Who else? Who else we got? Bamford. Jimenez. DCL, Antonio, Bamford. Oh, just. It's great. It's nice because he might not even be at Arsenal. And I think it's nice because maybe people will start having more varied attacks, more varied teams, because everyone 
has had the same looking team for the first three weeks. So yeah. apart from me, I, I had Barnes in my team. <laughs> Although, I mean, looking at the fixtures, at the defensive fixtures, looking at the yeah. teams that have the worst fixtures, do you think we should be targeting the likes of Southampton, Aston Villa, Brentford and Burnley and Crystal Palace? I mean, they have Southampton, have West Ham, City, Wolves, Chelsea, Leeds. Villa have Chelsea, Everton, Man United, Tottenham, Brentford, okay, Brighton, Wolves, Liverpool, West Ham, Chelsea, and then Crystal Palace have Tottenham and Liverpool. What do you think? Do you, should we target them? You mean target players playing those teams? Yes, target those clubs. So target West Ham, City, Chelsea at the moment. I mean, they're teams that I would ignore if I'm bringing in players, but target specifically, probably not. I think Brentford's next two fixtures are okay. If you have Tony yeah. in your team, I would keep Tony. It's it's the three following fixtures, Liverpool, West Ham, and Chelsea, where I'd probably say goodbye to Tony. But if you have Tony in your team, why not keep him? Yeah, I get that. But I mean, more from an attacking standpoint. So would you try and buy, let's look at Brighton's mm. fixtures. So... I mean Brentford's yeah. fixtures. Would you you're targeting their yeah. you're targeting their defense? So would you buy a Brighton striker or Jimenez, for example? Jimenez in the second in game week five plays Brentford, and yeah. they have a bad defensive fixture going forward, and they've got their stats weren't that great either. So would you focus on getting a team that play an attacker that plays against Brentford or that plays against Southampton? Uh, I'd, I probably wouldn't focus on I'd look at a player's next five, six, seven fixtures and look at their price. I probably wouldn't just think, okay, it's Southampton. Okay, it's West Ham. West Ham? Southampton, sorry, I'm used to West Ham being a bad team. What happened? Yeah, Southampton, Aston Villa, Brentford. I, I, I'm not particularly going to do that. But Fair if enough. you do it, great, good for you. Yeah. I mean, at the moment, you're sitting with double man city. And they play Southampton and Leicester next up. Uh, well, you say I have double Man City, but the chances of having double Man City are quite slim. Oh, yes. If we get to the wild I don't, card. I don't think... Yeah, I think if I wildcard, Grealish is probably not going to be in that wildcard, is he? He's, he's a premium price. He is. Eight million is quite a lot compared to the the rest of the teams at the moment who are doing so well. Couldn't agree more. And speaking of wild cards, you're speaking about or you're hinting towards this wild card draft that you might have. And on screen we have one yeah. of your wild card drafts. So take us through it. Is this what you're you're going to be looking to do uh, formation wise or structure wise? You might not be keeping the same players, but yeah, the price I'll tell you what happened. I was at work and uh, there was this person called Chal and he texted me. He said, hey, the wildcard draft together. And I said, I'm working. And I thought, I've got, I've got a minute. I'll jump on my phone and I'll do it. Send him a screenshot. So obviously this could change a lot. The problem is if you're bringing in the premium players, I want to bring in a Ronaldo. I have to lose a premium player. I'm not going to lose Salah. Don't want to lose Salah. I want him in my team the entire Premier League season if I can. 
So I'm going to lose Fernandez. So I lose Fernandez, I bring in Ronaldo. There's that. But also, if I'm bringing in Ronaldo and I want to keep Calvert Lewin, that's a lot of money. I'm going to have to also sacrifice someone else in my team. And I want to keep the defense strong as well. I don't want to lose Trent. So players, I have to keep Trent. I have to keep Salah. If I do that, and I have Ronaldo, I can't bring in Son. So looking at the midfield, I have a mid-priced midfielder from West Ham. Yotaf, Liverpool, I think he's going to be excellent. Gray from Everton, because I think the next three fixtures for Everton are gold dust. Gold dust. And then Man City, hop onto the train. Grealish, no more. Man City don't have a striker. Look who it is. It's Torres. Points in the bag, baby. And then Alonso from Chelsea, because you support Chelsea. I should honour your wish. But also, this draft has 0.6 in the bank. Yeah, it does. So it's quite good. I think it's really good. Obviously, the third place for the striker, and just it's a 4.5 again. Knock off. So but then go be... to the next one. I will in a second. Uh, so you'd be playing a 3-5-2 most weeks in, in, with this wild card. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'd be looking at. 3-5-2. With, yeah, Trent, obviously. So probably Sufal, the second one, and then you can rotate the others. Fair enough. Makes yeah. sense. I mean, this could change depending on Calvert Lewin's fitness or uh, any other potential yeah. use. The, the, yeah, glaring, the glaring omission over here is the fact that you don't have the informed striker in Antonio, right? Yeah. Which is it's, why you made this. This is okay, and and I think one is a good is a good comment. Why am I so stubborn and not getting an Antonio? I am back in Calvert Lewin for these fixtures. I've had him since the beginning, and I'm I'm back in my boy, back in him home. So that is one reason. There's a few omissions from this team that I'd probably tweak. I'd probably bring in a Wolves player. I'd possibly bring in a Leeds player. So then onto the second draft. Okay. This is the what we'll call the Antonio draft. Yeah, this is Antonio draft. This is where the money is in the forwards with oh, a fantastic front line. Ronaldo, Antonio, and Calvert-Lewin. Is that not beautiful, Challen? I think it might be that might end up being the template going forward. It'll be Calvert Lewin, Antonio, and then either Lukaku or Ronaldo or Kane. Yeah. I think as well, I think Ronaldo's fixtures, he comes in against Newcastle. That's that's a perfect fixture, I think. Lukaku's fixtures week seven or week eight really swing. Like he has a really amazing run of games. So I think if you have Ronaldo for three, four weeks and then you you swap to Lukaku when his his fixtures change, I think that's good as well. It's not a bad idea. Would you not be tempted by... Uh, let's look at the rest of the team. Okay, the defence is the same. Mm. Uh, would you not be tempted by... Is exactly Torres to Jota? Yeah, so this is the one I was thinking of where Torres, maybe I'd go to Jota or maybe I would go to a Leeds player. Okay. Yeah, it depends. Um, you, can, you can give Torres two weeks even, and then when the fixtures turn, in when they have Chelsea and yeah. Liverpool, you can switch to you know, Leeds or Liverpool. Exactly. I think Leicester 
Leicester haven't hit the ground running yet, and I think Man City could expose them. And then with Southampton the week after, I definitely want, probably want a Man City player in my team as well. And then once again, this draft also has 0.5 in the bank. So I think it's also a good draft, especially that front for the front three. I tend to agree. If I was to look at your two drafts, okay, just to put it out there, I haven't made a draft yet because I'm not planning on wildcarding. So I like the fact that Leighton's made two different drafts, which is quite nice. So thank you to him for his efforts. But the if I were to have made a draft, I think naturally I tend to enjoy having three strikers more. So yeah. I like the idea of a Antonio Calvert-Lewin, depending on what happens, maybe Bamford, maybe Jimenez, and then, as you said, Ronaldo, or one big hitter up front. And then in midfield, I would have, I would, I'm not going to sell Salah, so Salah would be there. Bruno would have to have go for someone else. Torres could be Jota. Bruno could be Greenwood, potentially. So there are a lot of options there. And then I think in defense, the same. That structure is going to be the same for everyone again. Trent is going to be the big hitter. You're probably going to have an maybe an Everton defender, probably a West Ham defender, and then maybe one or two 4.1s. There won't be many teams that have more than two or three of the big, big hitters in Ronaldo. It's probably going to be Ronaldo, or, or no, I should say, it's probably going to be Salah and then one of Ronaldo, Kane, or Lukaku. Bruno, I think, is out of it completely. And for, yeah, for I that, think Bruno is going to be out. For that reason, the reason why I say that I might wait for as long as possible, I think people are going to be jumping on the Ronaldo bandwagon. And if there's any news that he might not start, then I'm keeping Bruno and then I'm probably going to captain him because many people will have sold him. And Bruno against Newcastle at home sounds like a good time. Potentially even Greenwood. I think if if I was in the position I've activated a wild card, I find out Ronaldo's not playing that weekend. I would just put Bruno back in, keep the money in the bank, run with Bruno against Newcastle, and then bring in Ronaldo the week after. But I just I can't see Manchester United bringing in Ronaldo into the team and not playing him against Newcastle. I just I can't see that. Unless he picks up a knock against one of the teams that are playing in international duty, I think they're playing Ireland, Portugal, maybe. So I just don't see it. Yeah, I think it, it'll totally depend on him. He'll make the decision, I think, whether he wants to play or not. And yeah. I'll take it from there. This is the football player with the biggest ego in the world. And he's going to say, I'm playing. It's Newcastle yes. starting off with three goals, baby. Because you don't, you don't want to happen. What's happened to me with West Ham and Antonio could happen to you with Ronaldo, right? Everyone jumps on the Ronaldo train. He goes and scores three goals, and you're thinking, "Wow, great." That <laughs> could happen. Ronaldo. That could happen. But at the same time, yeah. this week, Aston Villa. I mean, Chelsea play after Aston Villa. Yeah. Aston Villa. Mm. If everything goes according to plan, if with regard to the quarantine protocols, etc. West uh, Aston Villa 
might be without Martinez in goal and Buendia in midfield because they're Argentinian. So yeah. they could be out, and that means a, a different goalkeeper and no attacking threat, which means that I might want to target Aston Villa and get Lukaku this week. Oh, it, the pro- yeah, there's a lot of ifs this happen and why would this player be playing this game and Argentina play? So it's, yeah, we have to wait a little bit longer. But, you know, I, I, I said from the first game week, I'd be really patient. I wanted to wait to game week seven to activate a wild card. I wanted to really plan this season, but I didn't anticipate Lukaku moving to Chelsea and Ronaldo moving to Manchester United. So, if I it's asked, really changed everything. If I asked you right now, right before we finish, and I, I yeah. know there's still like a good week before the the whole international break and before game week four, mm-hmm. but if the deadline was tonight or tomorrow, do yeah. you think your wild card would be activated? No. Okay, so you you, you would if, have if, two free transfers, and then you'd use them on yeah. something else. Yeah, if, because if it was this weekend, I wouldn't be sure of Ronaldo starting against Newcastle. That's one thing. But I get to watch Ronaldo play against Portugal. So I'm going to be able to watch him play and think, okay, he's going to play against Newcastle. Okay, fair enough. So also the reason I probably wouldn't activate it if it was this week is because... With international duty, I've got two weeks to, to tinker with a wild card. I've got more time to think. It's like going back to the beginning of the season. But if if I wild card and I'm rushed, I think I'll just make too many rash choices. That makes sense. But I'm leaning towards a wild card. You know, I'm a little bit behind other people, and I think taking an early wild card, taking a risk to bring in the likes of Ronaldo, I'm willing to do it. Pressure-wise or percentage-wise, do you think you're more like 60-40 in favour of wild carding? Yeah, probably 60-40, yeah. Because okay. I have I have a free one free transfer left. So I think I have 0. 0.5 in the bank now. Do I have 0.5 in the bank? I think, I, I think it was 0.5, more or less. Um, let, let me double check. It might be a little less because my team value is awful. Uh, oh, point two, right? So I, I couldn't, yeah, I, I'd have to make, if I want Ronaldo or Lukaku, I have to make two or three transfers. If I'm going to do two or three transfers and I'm going to take a hit, I might as well wildcard because it's easy to downgrade Ronaldo to Lukaku. You don't agree? I do not. You, you have three transfers. Okay, you've used one, sure. And you have 0.2 mm. in the bank. If you, if you want Ronaldo, if you decide yeah. that you want Ronaldo this week, or Lukaku yeah. for that matter, you can just easily get them in two moves. And that would be Bruno mm. out, uh, the other striker. Tony? Sure. Oh, Tony. Yeah, Tony, Tony out. Tony. So that, those yeah. two together gives you, what, about 18, maybe 19 million? Ish. No, 16 million. Bruno's 12 point. Fernandez is 12.1, isn't he? Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. Fern- oh, Fernandez is six, right? Sorry, I was looking at over family. He's four. Yeah, yeah. you're right. So, so 18.4. Yeah, so then you get yeah, Ronaldo yeah. and you get that's 
means you have 5.9 left. You can easily get gray yeah. from Everton. Yeah, gray, yeah. Or minus four. And then you still have a wild card to play in game week seven for the Chelsea fixtures. Yeah. But then I still got Grealish in my team. I've still got Ben White in my team. I've still got Timmy Cass in my team. So there's some areas I can target as well. Yeah, I guess from that perspective. But you could easily fix Ben White. And you, you don't mind holding Grealish for the next two games because they play Leicester and Southampton. Yeah. So I think, so. yeah, if if there ends up being serious injuries for Calvert-Lewin and all these other things end up happening, then I can get on board with a wild card from your perspective. But it's very subjective, so look at your yeah. teams and then decide. Exactly. If you if you think you there's six positions you're going to swap, then I'd say go for it. If you're going to get Ronaldo and you're going to get other players in and you're going to strengthen the team, why not? Why not? And it's probably more fun as well, right? Got to make this game fun. Yeah, the game's got to be fun as well. I think we take it quite seriously at times, don't we? We do. I know I do. But I, yeah. I think normally we go into the season and we think... Because actually, I normally... I want to plan a wild card, but actually sometimes it, just, it happens just because I think, okay, my team needs uh, some fresh faces. I want to make more than four transfers. So I didn't plan at all to have such an early wild card, but possibly, possibly. I might end up just having a look at trying to get Antonio, Ronaldo, and Lukaku into one draft and with Salah, just to see if I can do it. I just want to see if it's possible. And then... Wait, wait, Antonio, Lukaku, Salah, Ronaldo? Yeah. I know you've got some good team value, but if you can get Lukaku, Ronaldo, Salah, Trent, Antonio in the same team and you don't wildcard, I would be shocked. No, Kenneth, that would be with Unless the rest of the team, unless the rest of the team is like Duffy, 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 because it's just like 4.1 sprinkled around. Because I've seen some really ridiculous drafts out there. Like, what about this one? And it's Ronaldo and Lukaku, but the rest of the team is just awful. Exactly. So, I mean, you're going to have to wait for next week or whenever, right before deadline, to see what my team looks like. And the same with yours. But we should... Same with mine, because I haven't activated wildcard and probably not going to for at least a week. Maybe. Don't blame you. We should probably plug some of the social medias, right? Because we've, we've been going for quite a while. I did not realize that. Do you know how long it's been? Oh, yes, quite a while. An hour 20, maybe? Good guess. Hour 15. Oh. Yeah, it's a long one this week, but fair enough, it's a wildcard chat, so why not? If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram, at FanChallenged. I got it wrong last week. I said at FantasyChallenged. It's wrong. <laughs> last week was a really bad week of all. But at FanChallenged on Twitter and Instagram, follow us, DM us, like us, all those nice things. If you want to watch the videos, you can watch them on YouTube at Fantasy Challenge. There we go. And if you prefer to listen to your podcast in audio format, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever else you may listen to them. Are you excited for the international break, Leighton? Uh, not really. <laughs> I'm excited for a little bit of a break from fantasy football. 
a little yeah. bit of a respite. But yeah, I am. I agree with that. And Could on that good. note, on that note, enjoy the break. I agree with that. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. That's my my buzzword that I use more often than not. But yes, on that note, enjoy the break to you and everyone else listening. Have a good week and we'll see you after the international break. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, Leigh. Goodbye.